Sea shanties are work songs, traditionally sung by merchant seamen as they carried out tasks such as hoisting and trimming sails. In other words, it was a song about the life of a sailor, written and performed by sailors, and it's not technically a shanty unless it's performed during work. The songs sailors sang off duty referred to as forecastle songs, forebitters, or off-watch songs, referencing the place and times when they would sing purely for recreation. You can hear the difference in most of them. The sea shanty was designed as being key to making coordinated, hard and dangerous physical labour happen. Its rhythm was to a purpose. It's important to keep in mind that sailing vessels during much of the age of sail were vast machines made primarily of wood, canvas and rope, which required the dedication and the skill and above all the coordination of a whole crew to operate. Tasks on board ship often required many men to pull on a rope or work a lever at exactly the same time and shanties were used to coordinate these moves and improve the efficiency of the work. Doubtless, part of what makes work songs useful is its proficiency in simply keeping everyone in time with each other. If everyone pulls on the rope to the beat of the music, the work becomes physically much easier. But it's not just that. A simple chant of heave ho or one, two, three could keep people in time. The shanty did not only keep everyone in time. The musical element helped people to bond and work better as a team. And that's something we hear often, isn't it? That music has the ability to connect people. Well, the sea shanty was exactly that. It taps into our own natural communication system. It makes us feel bonded and connected and lifts us up. We just seem to be primed to respond and connect better when there is a melody, a timbre and a rhythm. Little wonder that of all the cultural phenomena lockdown has thrown at us, sea shanty would make a very welcome and very expected comeback. My name is Richard Shepard, and this is Hallowed Histories. During the Age of Sail, a life on the ocean waves was hard and gruelling. They kept men away from their families, their wives, their children and parents. It was dangerous, with as many 21% of sailors being lost each and every year. For these men, the shanty made it seem as though they were all walking towards the same goal, working in the same direction, keeping them together. And people only exist when they work together. And they only survive if they work together. And in East Anglia, known for its coastal ports and commerce, the seafare was a vital part of the economy. The culture and the law, all down the historic ports of Boston's Haven, Fosdyke, Sutton Bridge, Wisbeach, Kings Lynn, Wells, Nexusee, Great Yarmouth and Lowestoft. Shipbuilding, trading grain, malting, brewing, the availability of luxuries including butter, cloth, timber and fish. The whole area was seemingly at the forefront of commerce and coupled with new ideas of farming, as well as the rise of the new man and new fabrics and textiles from the countries across the North Sea. It was the entire way of life all to the tune of the sea shanty. Although the actual singing of sea shanties may date back several hundred years, the origin of the word shanty is more recent, only traceable back via the dictionaries to around 1869. There are a number of variations in the spelling of shanty, there was some debate as to the actual derivation of the word itself with some citing the French word chanteur, to sing, with others proposing English chant, synonymous with Gregorian chants. Some of the earliest references to shanties by name are in Charles Nordoff's 1856 book The Merchant Vessel, where shantying is clearly described, and the singer referred to as the chantyman. In the logbook of the whale ship Atkins Adams during the 1858-1859 whaling season, we also find several clear references to the use of shanties, and Richard Henry Dana's seagoing classic, Two Years Before the Mast, published in 1834. We get many references as well. Although Dana does not use the word shanties, which refers to it about 20 years later. 
but the songs and descriptions are unmistakable. The dates for these early descriptions suggest that the shanty as a developed genre dates to the early to mid-19th century, when shipping companies were trying to deliver more cargo with fewer paid sailors, making it increasingly important to maximise work that could get, they could get out of a few men. It was mainly on commercial cargo vessels that shanties were developed. You see, naval sailors did not sing shanties. For one thing, it was considered bad for discipline. Also, naval ships carried comparatively huge numbers of men to work the guns and to fight, so there wasn't much a need to maximise efficiency. There was always ample muscle power to work the ship. Whalers also didn't sing as many shanties as cargo-carrying sailors either, for some of the same reasons. Whaling ships carried mostly men to hunt whales, so they were usually extra hands for the work. But as the Adams logbook shows, they did use shanties for some tasks, especially rowing out, and these survived among fishermen throughout the West Indies until recent times. These sailors' working songs generally were separated into two major variants, the capstan shanty and the pulling shanty. Similar to marching songs, the capstan shanty was sung to accompany work of a regular rhythmical nature, such as tramping around the capstan in order to raise a heavy iron anchor. With no special requirement other than to hold the attention of, and of course amuse the sailors, virtually any ballad could be adopted for this purpose, provided it was delivered at the required tempo, and prepped with a little innuendo. Uh, farewell and adieu to fair Spanish ladies would be one famous example of this. The other kind of shanty, the pulling or long drag shanty, while also rhythmic and bawdy, also required something a tad more specialised to accompany the skilled work involved with raising the yard arms or hoisting the sails. With work of this type, as well as keeping the attention of the sailors, it was also necessary to ensure that all pulled together at exactly the same time, with a sufficient gap in between to regain a fresh grip on the rope, as well as gathering breath before the next exertion. Normally this type of call and response shanty involved a solo shantyman singing the verse, with the sailors joining in for the chorus. As suggested earlier, the main attraction of either type of shanty was to bring a sense of humour and esprit de corps to the hard manual tasks that the sailors encountered each and every day on the long sea voyages they had endured. It was said that having a good shantyman aboard was worth a couple of regular sailors, and as such this valuable asset often enjoyed special privileges, such as lighter duties and, and perhaps an extra tot of rum. The switch to steam-powered ships and the use of machines for shipboard tasks by the end of the 19th century meant that shanties gradually ceased to serve a purpose. Their use as work songs became negligible in the first half of the 20th century. Information about shanties were preserved by veteran sailors and by folklorist song collectors, and their written and audio recorded work provided resources that would later support a revival in seeing shanties as a land-based leisure activity. These days you are far more likely to hear a shanty on TikTok or in a folk music pub than on board a ship. Commercial musical recordings and other media, especially since the 1920s, have inspired interest in shanties among landlubbers. Recent performances range from the traditional style of practitioners within a revival-orientated maritime music scene, such as the music of Stan Shugill in the 1960s, or the Rogue's Gallery anthology albums from 2006 onwards, all the way up to video games like Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which pirate crews sing authentic shanties in perfect harmony, all sailing on a digital sea. And of course, we must now acknowledge the recent revival of sea shanties for a new generation. Soon may the Weller Man come, a New Zealand shanty from the 1860s was given a new lease of life by a Scotsman, Nathan Evans, and became a viral sensation during the lockdown. The sea shanty, once again, became something a lot of people would draw strength from and pull together. 
once was a ship that put to sea The name of the ship was a bully of tea The winds blew up her bowed up down Oh below my bully boys blow <gasps> Soon may the willow man come To bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tonguing is done We'll take our leave and go She'd not been two weeks from shore When down on her a right whale bore The captain called all hands and swore He'd take their whale in tow <gasps> Soon may the willow man come To bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tonguing is done We'll take our leave and go da 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 before the boat had hit the water, the whale sail came up and caught her. Hands to the side, harpooned and fought her when she dived down low. <gasps> Soon may the willow man come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. No line was cut, no whale was freed. The captain's mind was not of greed, and he belonged to the whaleman's creed. She took that ship in tow. <gasps> Soon may the willow man come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. Da 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 for forty days or even more The lane went slack and tight once more All boats were lost, there were only four But still that will did go <gasps> Soon may the willow man come To bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tonguing is done We'll take a leave and go as far as I've heard, the fight's still on The line's not cut and the whale's not gone The willow man makes his regular call To encourage the captain, crew and all Soon may the willow man come To bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tonguing is done We'll take our leave and go Soon may the willow man come To bring us sugar and tea and rum Thank you very much for listening. This episode of Hallowed Histories was uh, hosted by me, Richard Shepard, with additional research by Dr. Linda Shepard and technical support by Stephen Leslie Parks. You can find more about us at our website, hallowed-histories.org, and feel free to write to us at hallowedhistories at gmail.com. Thank you very much.